Aloha, beloved. Welcome to Peaceful by Nature. I'm your host, Sage, and I believe that we are all meant to live in harmony and balance and peace. On this podcast, I offer practices and reflections that help you restore peace and live in sacred reciprocity with your body and the planet. I also will be having conversations with other people who are on the journey of spiritual evolution and how they're navigating their path, as well as sharing my own field notes from the wild, sacred awakening that I'm experiencing. If you would like to connect with me, please reach out on Instagram at wildsacredsage. You can also email wildsacredsage at gmail.com. And everything that I'm offering on Maui or other places in the world, yoga, retreats, meditation, work on sacred sexuality, deep dives and rewilding retreats in nature, everything can be found at my website, wildsacredcollective.com. Wild Sacred Collective is a fluid website that's constantly changing and evolving. I have meditations as well as personal writings, and you can see all of the things that I'm offering there. Everything I offer in this podcast is not intended as medical advice, and I am not a licensed therapist. I am a human being who has certifications in NLP and yoga, and I have devoted my life to my own healing and growth, and my intention is to share authentically and honestly, truthfully, about what I've been through and how I have healed, and stories from people that I work with, with their consent, about how they have healed, because we are all, as Ramda said, just walking each other home, home to our true nature, and home to peace on earth. I almost didn't release this podcast. And it was for a couple of reasons. First of all, I never feel like recorded material can ever get close to what we create in the classroom. And so I have a hesitancy and a fear. My ego has a fear that it will be nitpicked and judged. I'm also very critical of myself having years on stage as an actor and picking apart my own performance in retrospect. I never liked being on film and I didn't like being recorded. The podcasts that I already have released on this platform, Peaceful by Nature, were recordings that I did during the beginning of COVID and it's very difficult for me to listen back to them. And I have heard that they're helpful for people, so I'm leaving them up for now. And when I have the courage to go back, I'll probably re-edit and re-record some. 
and probably take a lot of them down. So if you want to binge listen to all of the past recordings of Sage when she was still living in Los Angeles, now's your time, because I don't know how long they'll be up. I'm going to release this anyway, despite the fears and despite the desire to edit and perfect and re-record, because I feel that this is the process of me finding my authentic voice that is my podcast truth. Uh, Not that it's going to be a found stuck thing, just like I talk about in this particular podcast of, oh, I found my perfect tone for podcasting or whatever it is. But I feel that there is an intimacy in you hearing my vulnerabilities and how I progress along the path. And it is exactly where I'm at that I'm, I I share with you in this podcast intimately my morning practice and what it looks like. And I share with you my thoughts and reflections on my understanding of the chakras and how to create a daily practice and self-reflect to the best of my capacity now. And I have the awareness that I will continue to evolve and change and I'll listen back to this and think, oh, Sage, she was so young, she was so new, she was so naive in so many ways. And I also know that the wisdom that I have to share will be of service. And that is ultimately why I'm doing this is of service. I'm not making any money from this podcast or have any other motive except to serve you, to serve the listening audience. And I know who some of you are because we met in Maui or we met at CSUN or we've met somewhere along the path of life, the journey of life. And my desire is that this serves a larger audience and that it calls in new human beings who are on the path of awakening and can be helped, um, guided, reassured by what I offer. And really the offering is an invitation to remember your belonging, remember your belonging to truth and to love, your belonging to life, to the wild and sacred, to the wild and sacred, that there is a return to who you truly are, the truth of who you really are, and that this podcast can be a space of remembering. So with all of that said, here is this podcast. You will hear references to the new moon because I had recorded it in anticipation of the new moon. And I released it and then I took it down. And so you can use it as a reflection as you go into your September or as you go into the next new moon in September. Or just throw out all the references to new moon and take the wisdom nuggets that you find helpful and let the rest go. 
And as always, I hope you have a peaceful and powerful and delightful rest of your day. Enjoy. It's been a while since I've recorded a podcast and I have wanted to make this something that is more consistent. And I also have been getting feedback from a lot of the trainees, the yoga teacher trainees who I have worked with here in Maui over the last year and a couple of months about how sometimes tricky and um, difficult it can be to navigate the transition from Maui and this deep immersion of learning and healing and growing and full body and spiritual and mental and psychological healing and growth and change can happen here and then how transitioning back into a life that they were living before has its difficulties and its unique things to negotiate and there's been an expressed interest in me starting some sort of podcast or something to help with this transition and so that's why I am recording this one And that's why I will continue to record them. And my intention is to have a new podcast with a listener question and a practice to go with the answer to the listener question on every new moon. So my intention and my promise I almost didn't use that word, but my promise to you for the next three months, no, I need to make it longer than that. My promise to you for the next six months is to come out with a new podcast with a meditation and listener question. So my, my promise to you, I promise, my promise. My promise to you is to have a podcast out every new moon with a listener question and a practice to go with the listener question. And I'll probably also share some personal reflections and some things that are happening in my life, as well as some offerings that are going on here on Maui or if I'm traveling and offering workshops or retreats other wares in the world. If I'm offering anything else elsewhere besides Maui or online, which I would love to do more of, um, I will let you know here in the podcast format. I really love podcasts. If you know me, you know how much I love podcasts. And so I feel like this is a good medium for me to dive into more and to devote my time to. And with that said, I have been sitting in a very hot car for almost two hours and I'm sweating really hard and I've had to pause multiple times to be able to record this meditation and everything and the, uh, every, all the, all the things. And so I need to get a better sound booth set up situation. Um, that's my goal. 
I don't know if you really needed to know all that. I guess to to just recognize that I love you so much that I've been sitting in my sweaty car in the middle of the afternoon to record this for you so that it can be out before the new moon. And hopefully this is the first of many. I took a question to I took I took a question from Sandra and Thank you. Thank you, Sandra, for asking the beautiful question that you asked and for allowing me to answer it here on the podcast and be the inspiration for this month's meditation. This month's meditation is a deep dive reflection more than anything. It's an opportunity to do some deep self-reflection. And always the new moon is a time of deep reflection. There's a motorcycle going by and a car going by, but I'm not going to stop. Um, The new moon is a time for deep reflection. The light of the moon is dark. The sun is not reflecting off of the moon, and the moon is asking us to go in this time of deep darkness and stillness. The first question I'm going to answer is from a wonderful woman, Sandra. Sandra was part of our July yoga teacher training at Maui Yoga Shala this year, and she writes, Dear Sage, I am back at home and tried to figure out how I can bring the things I learned into my daily life. And now I want to work on my chakras. I have a book at home, How to Work with Each Chakra. I have some questions. I thought, The best thing to work on is root and sacral chakra first because it felt so good to activate them on Maui. But how long should I work on each chakra? And is it helpful to start with the root and to work up to the crown? Or is it not helpful to work with them in order? How can I figure out which chakra needs my attention most? Sending you love and a big hug, Sandra. Hmm, Sandra, my love. I'm sending you love and a big hug to you and your sweet daughter and your husband. And this is such a beautiful question. I have been reflecting on this question and I have some ideas, some wisdom to share with you. And of course, as with my yoga classes, my one wild and sacred rule is that you listen to yourself first. You are in your body and you are in your being. And so if anything I say does resonate really deeply with you, then go into that. Trust that. And if anything that I say or offer doesn't, let it go because You are the guru and the queen and the expert on your own life and your own body. No one knows our bodies best except for ourselves. We know our bodies best. I know my body best. You know your body best. And all of the tools and the things that I offer in the yoga teacher training and in all of the work that I do with students is to guide them back into the wisdom that is already inside them 
and their own embodiment, their own felt, lived, experiential self. We have been taught from a really young age to outsource our power and to look to the outside for answers. Uh, and, and we really give our authority away. We really give our authority away to lots of different things. And, and that is actually part of the healing is reclaiming our own intuition and our own deep ancient wisdom within our bodies, within our souls, within our spirits and the integration of the mind and the body and the spirit is the path of yoga, is the path of alignment with the divine. And so that's all to say, I offer all of what I'm going to say is an offering for your healing and your own gnosis with the G, <laughs> your embodied knowing and wisdom. And I am by no means an expert on the chakras. I have done a lot of self-study as well as reading and training to learn about the chakra system. And it has helped me immensely on my own healing journey and I've seen how transformational the work is with my students in the yoga teacher training, in my yoga classes. And I incorporate the chakras into all of the work that I do with clients and my sacred sexuality work as well. So that to say, this is an incredibly wise place for you to begin your self-study and for you to begin your work bringing what you learned on Maui back into your daily life. So bravo for having that intuitive nudge to work on your chakras and to devote time to this sacred and wild and wonderful work of healing and growth. So let's dive into the questions specifically. So how do we know which chakra needs our attention most? That is a beautiful question and one that takes self-inquiry and self-awareness. And the practice that I'm going to offer at the end of this podcast is a meditation and reflection for you to do a self-diagnostic. So for you to feel into your own chakra system where you are out of balance and what needs your attention. This is the ultimate guide. I can tell you to work from root to crown or from crown to root or to start with the heart or to start with Vishuddha. I could give you lots of ideas, but if you don't have a felt sense of what needs your awareness and your attention, then... It's going against my own wild and sacred rule, which is to listen to yourself and your own guru. So the practice that I'm going to offer at the end of the podcast is to help you do just that, to 
take the time to reflect on what needs your love the most and where to begin for you, Sandra, as well as everybody else listening. And I feel like this is a beautiful practice to do at the new moon here, our new moon in August, as you set your intention to do this reflection of where needs your love and your attention. And you don't need to go looking or seeking for where you need to heal. What you need to do is calm down the frantic searching and listen to what's right here to come back and pay attention to your body and pay attention to the quality of your breath and notice how you are reacting to things. If you are very reactive and in a state of hyper-reactivity, then the input, the things that are happening in the world, will elicit either an over-response so that you'll be over-reactive, you'll be over-angry, or you'll lash out, or you will have an over-emotional response, or you'll under-respond, which means that you are numbing out, you're trying to avoid. So any place that you are over-responding or you are avoiding life, This is a key that you are not in balance with the ebb and flow of life. And you ask how long you should work on each chakra or how long you should work on one. This is a lifelong practice. This is not something that you heal once and then you're done with. This is an ongoing thing. So just like you wouldn't floss your teeth on Monday and be like, great, I am good for the rest of the week or the rest of my life, or you have one big meal or you have one fantastic orgasm and that's great for a lifetime. These are all things that we need to work on and continually heal on an ongoing basis. So I would say that do the healing work that feels like you're available to do now and trust this work is going to keep spiraling back and there'll be new things to heal as you shed layers of the past and as you heal old traumas. So There is no too long to work on one chakra because it's a constant balancing. And as you get to know your body better and know the subtle energies of your body better, you'll have a sense of, okay, this feels good. This feels in alignment for me for now. And I'm ready to move on to the sacral chakra and to rise up into the solar plexus and into the heart. So It could be that you devote a day, a week to the root chakra, a day, a week to the sacral, a day, a week, you get the idea, rising up. That your practice on Sunday, say, is to the root, 
on Monday is to the sacral chakra, on Tuesday is to the solar plexus, Wednesday is anahata, Thursday is the throat, Friday is third eye, and Saturday is the crown chakra, and you take Sabbath. So it could be your practice is devoted one chakra for each weekday. Try that rotation and see how it feels. Or if you'd like to do a deeper dive and work on the root chakra for three days or for a full week during your practice, then you can just devote the entirety of a longer period of time. It's beautiful to have a container of root chakra to crown chakra and understand and know that each one of the chakras is going to have an impact on all of the other ones. So for example, the root, your feeling of deep safety in your body, that home, wherever you go, that you feel safe and worthy to exist connected to Mother Earth, connected to your nourishment and your food, this root is going to affect anahata, the heart. If you don't feel safe, it is very difficult to give and to receive love. You might be very needy or deficient in the heart chakra, thinking that your safety is dependent on getting love from other people. Once you heal the root then love can be a free exchange, giving and receiving without resentment or expectation. It just is this free flow of energy in and out, a sacred reciprocity. So as you heal the root, it's going to affect the heart. And all of them, that's just one example of how one can affect the other. All of them are interconnected. And it can work the other way as well. So if you work with the heart chakra, which is at the center, it is the bridge between the lower and the upper chakras, this can be your way home to healing the root chakra, feeling love, self-compassion, which I talk a lot about and we explore a lot in the YTT as well as in all of my yoga classes. This is so critical to your individual healing and to our collective healing is our self-love, self-compassion. This is a constant give and take, just like everything in nature. There is an in-breath and there's an out-breath. The tide comes in, the tide goes out. The moon is full, the moon is empty. The sun comes up, the sun goes down. All of these rhythms of nature are also happening in your body. So the chakras are a barometer of how well you are listening and responding to life that is dancing through you. And how you can come back into balance is attuning and listening to the body, listening to what's happening inside. You also ask, what 
it feels like or that you you're not sure what it feels like when the chakras are in balance and for me it's peaceful and peace doesn't mean that it's empty it's it's empty and it's full it's this place of ease that i don't mind anything that i'm able to respond to life and let things go and i have appropriate emotional responses to the circumstance so if something happens i feel the emotion but i'm not clinging to telling a story or keeping the emotion going and then it passes through like a weather system that there's rain sometimes and there's thunderstorms and it all creates this sense of peace and balance. There's also a very specific sensation that I feel, particularly in my third eye. And it feels like a gentle spinning or stroking or opening at the center of my brow. It's a delightful quality. And I can sense when I have stilled the monkey mind enough to come back into a place of ease and balance. And I'm aware of it in this moment. And that is to say I can feel an opening in my physical body and my subtle body in the subtle body. And increasingly, I'm able to feel this in my throat chakra, in my heart chakra, and this pulsing sensation at the root, a vibrancy in the sacral chakra, an expansiveness in the solar plexus. Sometimes visualizations or visions will come easily and there are moments of deep knowing. A lucid dreaming within waking consciousness. And that I'm aware of the illusion of my story and my ego identity but much more in the open expansiveness of the I am presence. So I'm able to hold Sage and her story and her life from this witness perspective that cherishes how tender and precious 
sage is without attachment to sage. So for you, Sandra, it might feel like you are a mother to yourself, so you know how it is to mother a child. And I can feel my whole being release and relax into the eternal mother, into God consciousness, and there's a deep self-compassion. And the quality of my voice right now is quite easeful and tranquil. And I will let you know that last night there was a lot of frustration and anger coming through. And I howled and I cried and I wrote things out and burned them in a fire with a group of women. And we howled at the sky. And this morning I was out on the beach and I sprinted and I ran and I moved my body and I sweated and I sweated is that a word and I sweat really hard and I pushed myself and release the tension and the frustration that I felt and it wasn't particular frustration about anything it was it is this stored emotional energy that I recognize can be awakened through these practices and then giving them a healthy outlet. So the chakras, when they are in balance, feel peaceful and easeful. But just like when you're on a balance beam, the point of it is not to get on the balance beam and find the balance and then stay in that place because then you fall off. It's a constant adjustment. Life is giving you constant information about how to adjust. Just like a cello or another instrument, your body and chakras and being need daily tuning. That is why we create a daily practice. So let's talk about how to create the space and what goes into a daily practice. This will be the bridge for many of you who are coming out of a yoga teacher training program and want to create that bridge of how to bring everything that you learned back into your life. And it will take adjustment. There are going to be big shifts because you have changed And you're going back into an environment that's going to remind you of who you used to be, the things you used to be attached to. And so give yourself time and space and be gentle with yourself. This is the first time you've ever taken an intensive yoga teacher training in Maui and then gone back to your life. And Brene Brown talks about the harshness of first times the the awkwardness the emotional roller coaster of first times the effing first time so be gentle with yourself to create a daily practice the first thing you need is commitment that this is devotion devotion to your spiritual life devotion to your spiritual evolution And that means devotion to your wellness, your well-being, your wholeness, your remembering your wholeness and yoga. 
yoga is not just the asana practice. Yoga is your union with the divine, aligning your mind, your body, and your spirit, bringing your breath, your movement, your body into the present moment and living in increasing greater awareness of the present moment. So devotion and commitment to the practice, to creating a daily practice and sticking to a daily practice is the first step. The second is to create a ritual time in the day. Our days are filled with rituals or habits and we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the levels of our systems. So the system is to create a structure and a time that you devote every single day. And of course, you may have to be fluid with this if you're traveling or something happens. But even when I'm traveling, even when I'm with family and friends, I am committed to my daily practices. For me, first thing in the morning is the most powerful time to do this because first of all, your mind is already in that theta wave brain state right between sleeping and waking for the first 20 minutes of the day. And so if you can maintain that easeful, peaceful quality in the mind and connect to what you truly value first thing in the morning, then the rest of the day shifts. Marianne Williamson says, give the first five minutes to God and the rest of the day will unfold in miraculous ways. So what does it look like to devote the first five minutes, 20 minutes, hour, hour and a half of your day to a spiritual practice? I'm going to give you some ideas of things that you can incorporate in your daily practice and then you find what works for you by starting to incorporate some and then shifting and adjusting depending on what serves you best. And the daily practice will evolve with you. That is what's so beautiful. It's personal and it's going to evolve with you. Here are some ideas for your daily practice. When you get up in the morning, keep all of the lights off. And even before you get out of bed, take a moment to put your hand on your heart and feel gratitude for your breath. Then what I do is get up, tongue scrape, brush my teeth, and put on the water to make coffee or tea or cacao. And then while the beverage of my choice is brewing, I do some gentle stretching. Mammals stretch first thing in the morning. Many animals stretch first thing in the morning. And so I roll out my mat and intuitively let my body guide me. Usually it's downward dog, maybe a sun salutation, cat-cow, child's pose, and really listening to the body with organic movements. 
This is not a full flow or a workout. This is just to get into the body and to attune my breath to my body. I would say anywhere from 7 to 14 minutes of gentle stretching, breathing, and moving with the body. Then I pour my tea or my coffee or my cacao and sit while it cools in meditation for 10 minutes. The meditation, I start with the breath. Usually I then ground myself in my body by either doing a chakra meditation, a body scan, and listening to what my body needs. I end my meditation practice with a metta loving kindness, with awareness at the heart. Sometimes this metta practice is just self-compassion especially if I'm feeling tender. I know that my capacity to express love in the world will come more easily when I'm connected to self-compassion. Extending compassion to those I love, saying a prayer for people that I know need it in particular, and extending a meta-loving kindness to those who I will meet that day. So if I have teaching, extending it to my students, those people at the studio, if I'm going to be going to Costco or doing any sort of errands, imagining that I'm going throughout the day extending loving kindness. This doesn't mean that you're going around telling everyone that you love them. It's a simple knowing in your heart that rises up through your eyes. So for you, Sandra, it could be met a loving kindness for your daughter, for your husband. And extending this prayer of loving kindness to the world. And I have some other meta loving kindness practices and other meditations on this podcast. If there are other meditations that you would like me to record, please reach out. You can direct message me on Instagram at Wild Sacred Sage, and I welcome your requests. That gives me guidance on how to best to serve you, because that's really what this is for, is to serve you. After meditation, I mindfully sip the first few sips of whatever it is I'm drinking because thanking and really tasting what I'm taking into my body is important. Thanking all of the hands that brought this cup to my hands and connecting with how I am nourishing my body. While I drink the rest of my morning beverage, I do some reading. For me, this comes from some soul book. So a soul book is something that was written pre-internet and connects you with the truth of who you really are. 
It can feel like you are riding on the coattails of another writer into the divine. For me, this is Rumi, Hafiz, Course in Miracles, Mary Oliver, Chalon Harkin. Sometimes I like to draw a medicine card, an animal medicine card, or another deck that I'm working with. Anything that gets you in that space of listening and being attuned with God. The next part of my morning practice and something that I love and highly recommend is journaling. I don't have a particular structure for my morning journal. I usually am inspired by what I read and just start writing from there. If there were dreams that I had the night before and I really want to reflect on the dreams, sometimes I write down dreams. If there's something that's bothering me, I don't ignore it. I write out, okay, this thing is bothering me, what's going on, and use the journal as an opportunity to write and write and write and write and write and free write, letting myself be messy, spell things wrong, not write pretty, non-edit, just write, 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 write. I will be giving more journal prompts because there's lots of ways to journal. One other idea to give you is to write a question to God or to nature, Mother Nature, to the divine or your higher self, and then answer it in the journal from that perspective, starting with, dear, wonderful, sweet, divine (laughs) Sandra, lovely, wonderful, incredible Sandra, whatever in terms of endearment make you feel held and loved. And let God, let Mother Nature, let your highest self speak through your writing to you. It's amazing what comes out when you write yourself these letters. It's it's a spiritual practice that taps you into your unconscious and the divine flowing through you. Another journaling practice, and this is the final one I'll offer in this podcast, is gratitude. Gratitude journaling is absolutely awesome because it taps you into your heart and what you're grateful for. And then you're so much more likely to recognize what you're grateful for for throughout the rest of the day. I also have an evening journaling practice. And if I don't do one of these things in the morning and I'm feeling the desire to do them in the evening, I call it my solitude sandwich that in the beginning, morning I have a journaling practice and the evening I have a journaling practice so I'm really tuning into my truth. The final thing that I have in my daily ritual is to get outside and move and this can look like a different different things for different days depending on where I'm at. Living here in Kihei right next to Sugars it's a nice long walk or a run on the beach and then a swim. If I am in a place that I don't have a whole lot of nature to roam around in, I'll go to a local park and do a flow. It really depends on where you're at in your cycle. And if you are feeling um, like you got good rest, so really listening to your body. 
attuning to your cycle and the rhythm of when you are in springtime and summertime of your cycle versus when you're in fall and wintertime of your cycle. This is for women and for men because men have cyclical rhythms that align with the moon as well. But to listen to your body and to not push your body to do a particular workout just because you think you should. So tuning in, but something outside in nature and for me always barefoot. Barefoot is crucial because it grounds you and it helps connect you to Mother Earth. So this is a structure for a daily ritual, a daily practice. For you, Sandra, if you're working with a particular chakra, each of these things would be aligned with what you are working with. So the beverage that you make for yourself in the morning would be something that is grounding if you're working with the root chakra, a herbal tea that is a root tea or cacao, something that makes you feel grounded and well-nourished. Or if you're feeling particularly sluggish in your root, something lighter like a lemon or a ginger tea. Then after you have your tea, your or while your tea is brewing, then you would do a movement practice that was really focused on the root chakra. Your meditation would be focused down in the root chakra and what are the opportunities that are presenting themselves in your life for healing. The reading that you do could be a Mary Oliver poem that connects you to nature. Your journaling would be reflecting on these particular things that you're becoming aware of and expressing yourself and getting it out of your system. And then the movement that you do, have it be a grounding, opening, connected to nature movement outside, a grounding flow in a nearby park or a long walk in the woods, something that's going to be connected to the earth. If you're working on the sacral chakra, then it could be a long swim or a more flowing practice, you get the idea. So you can align your daily practice really with whatever the thing is, your intention is for that day or for that week or for this moon cycle. At each of the chakras, I'm going to share a location, which helps you locate it in the body, and the central issue, which is what this chakra is the governor of or the queen of and so to reflect and to feel into when I say these words what images and what feelings come up in the body. I'm also going to share the goals of this chakra and again all I'm asking you is to do some self-inquiry. When I read the rites of each chakra, notice how it feels to say these things and if there's resistance or judgment that arises. Each chakra also has a developmental stage and one of the most skillful ways is to reflect on perhaps what happened to your own self in your life during this time. So 
for the root chakra, if you know anything about your birth or the first 12 months of your life, it can give you a sense of where you might have injury. And this is also something that I work with my clients on going back to reparent and to heal these different stages of your inner child. Inner child work helps heal the chakras going back and giving the child that did not get what they needed at different times in our developmental stages, going back and giving the children, the child, giving the child inside what they need. Each chakra also has an identity. And I use the word demon, which is what the um, what the the book that I'm reading from, Eastern Body, Western Mind, that is the word that is used. And the demon is just an awareness of how, if you are feeling this way, it is a sign that the chakra is out of balance. It's not something that is bad. It's not something that you need to exorcise. It's just something to be aware of. The excessive characteristics that I'm going to share mean that this is an imbalance in the chakra, that it's overworking, that it's over spinning. So it's working too hard and that you're risking burnout. So excessive traits, I'm going to talk about excessive traits in each chakra. And I'm also going to talk about and have you reflect on deficient characteristics. And this is if there is a numbness or a dormancy or underactivity in that chakra. All of these things, (laughs) it's a lot that I'm going to talk through each chakra. All of it is not to get tied up into a long list of, oh, I have to do this and this and this, and what does this all mean? All of it is simply for self-reflection, self-inquiry, and any questions that you have, please feel free to email or reach out to me on Instagram, and I would love to dive into any of these that you have questions on. The most important thing is to continue to listen to your body and trust that you're not doing anything wrong and that you are not an endless improvement project, that all of this should be done with a spirit of love and joy and ease, even in the times that are really hard and bring up a lot of big emotions. In Tantra, we say the way through is through. So feeling everything fully and allowing yourself to feel it fully will help heal. Any feeling fully felt without attachment can be blissful. And the practice that I have recorded is really a self-reflection. It's a real deep self-reflection And if you have questions about the different facets of the reflection, please let me know. There's a lot in this. So it's pretty dense and it's an opportunity for you to see what comes up for you and what images and insight you can get from it. 
If you want further guidance, please reach out to me, direct message me at Wild Sacred Sage, or email me wildsacredsage at gmail.com, or you can connect through my website, wildsacredcollective.com. The final thing that I'll say about the chakras is I do have other meditations that are about opening and balancing the chakras. And so if this self-diagnostic, self-reflective meditation feels like it's aggravated something, go back to some of the other practices that I've already recorded and listen to those to find ease and balance. Sandra, thank you so much for asking this question and for putting yourself first in your life, for having the courage to do this deep healing work. It is enormously, enormously courageous to do this in a world that is constantly distracting us and bombarding us with so much outside information. We have been taught from a really early age to not take care of ourselves, to outsource our power and to look for a quick fix, a quick fix for everything. Instant gratification, a pill to solve this or that, a drink or something to watch to numb out and to not feel. Instead of feeling what needs to be paid attention to, feel it to heal it, the issues in our tissues. It's really important to do this work because as the Hopis say, we are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the ones we've been waiting for. And Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. And you are living the change that you want to see because I know you don't want the same reality for your daughter as you have lived and it's brave it's really courageous so i commend you find yourself a comfortable seat or lay down And enjoy the process of creating your space for your meditation. If you're sitting down, sit in a position that the spine is aligned, awake, as well as relaxed. If you're lying down, make sure that your knees are supported in a way that feels comfortable and that your head can completely relax. Bring your awareness to your breath. Tune in to the most sensitive part of your breath. Perhaps that is where the breath enters the body right underneath the nose on the upper lip. Or at the expanse of the rib cage as the ribs open up. 
or down in the bowl of the pelvis as you breathe in deeply down into the abdomen. And continue your awareness on the breath. Encouraging the breath to be even. Inhaling. And exhaling. This meditation is also an opportunity for self-reflection and balancing the chakras. So we'll begin with a balancing breath, a four-count box breath. We will inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four. We'll do this three times together, and then you can continue this breath throughout the meditation if it's helpful. Inhale, one, two, three, four, hold for four, three, two, one, exhale, four, three, two, one, hold, one, two, three, four, again, one, two, three, four, and hold, one, two, three, four, exhale, four, three, two, one, and hold, four, three, two, one, inhale, and hold, exhale, and hold, And inhale as deeply as you can. Inhale, 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 inhale. And exhale everything out. Five, four, three, two, one, ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Exhale all the air, all the stagnant air. And let your breath come back into a natural rhythm. And tune into the base of the spine. Breathing down into Muladhara, the root.
As you inhale, you can feel the root expand. On the exhale, soften and surrender. Inhale, expand. And exhale, surrender. The central issue in the root chakra, around the root chakra, is survival. And notice what happens in the body when I say survival. What images or memories arrive? What images or memories arise? Survival. Self-preservation. The goals of the root chakra are stability, grounding, physical health, prosperity, and trust. Notice what happens when I say each of these words in your body the feelings and sensations in the body, as well as the mental thoughts and emotions and memories that may arise. Stability, grounding, physical health, prosperity, trust. I am stable. I am grounded. I am healthy. I am prosperous. I trust. Noticing what happens. What is the felt sense if your body is resonating with these phrases or if there's discord? The rights of the root are to be here, to have. I have a right to be here. I have a right to have. The developmental stage for this root 
is womb to 12 months old. So you may know something about your own birth in the first year of your life. The physical identity, Anamaya Kosha, your physical body, The root chakra is affected any time we feel like our body has betrayed us in some way, let us down. The demon of the root chakra is fear. What are you afraid of? And reflect on if you have any of the excessive characteristics, heaviness, sluggishness, monotony, obesity, hoarding, materialism, or greed. Or if you have any of the deficient characteristics, you're fearful, undisciplined, restless, underweight, or spacey. And none of this is a problem. Muladhara, the root, naturally craves and will come back into balance. This awareness is the first step to healing. Breathing in and out of Muladhara, I am safe. It is safe to be in a body. It is safe to live in this body. I am safe. Rising up to the sacral area, right below the navel at the womb, Dantian. Svadhisthana. Sweetness. This is the abdomen and the genitals, the low back and the hips. So if you have pain or restlessness, numbness in the abdomen, genitals, low back or hips, 
then this is an opportunity to heal with loving awareness this area. Noticing what happens in your mind and in your body. When I say sexuality, emotions, sexuality, emotions, sexuality, emotions. Self-gratification. The goals of Svadhisthana are fluidity, pleasure, healthy sexuality, and feeling. The rights to feel, to want. I have the right to feel. I have the right to want. The developmental stage is six months to two years. It is our emotional identity. The demon is guilt. The element is water. Excessive characteristics are overly emotional, poor boundaries, sex addiction, obsessive attachments, deficient characteristics are frigid, impotent, rigid, emotionally numb, and fearful of pleasure. Moving up to the solar plexus, Manipuda. Right underneath the rib cage at the center. The center central issue is power, will. Notice what happens in the body, in the mind. in the spirit when I say power will self-definition the goals of Manipura are vitality spontaneity strength of will purpose and self-esteem. The right to act. I have the right to act. Developmental stage, 18 months to four years. Ego identity. This is your ego identity. 
Demon is shame. The element is fire. You will know if Manipura is excessive if you are dominating, controlling, aggressive, scattered, constantly active. You may be deficient in Manipura if you are weak-willed. I have the right to act. Moving up into Anahata at the heart. Breathe in and out from your heart space. Love, relationships. Notice what happens in the body when I say these words. Love, relationships. Self-acceptance, self-acceptance, self-acceptance. Self-acceptance. The goals of Anahata are balance, compassion, self-acceptance, and good relationships. The rights to be loved and to love. To love and be loved. I have a right to love. I have a right to be loved. I have a right to love. I have a right to be loved. The developmental stage is four to seven years. This is our social identity. The demon is grief. The element is air. You may be excessive in anahata if you experience codependency, poor boundaries, possessiveness, or jealousy. You may be deficient if you are shy, lonely, isolated, lack empathy, bitter, or critical. I am loved.
I am love. I am love. I am love. I'm love. Vishuddha, the throat. Vishuddha means purification. The central issue is communication. Notice what happens in your mind and your body and the craving of the soul the knowing of the spirit when I say communication. Self-expression. The goal of Vishuddha is clear communication, creativity, and resonance. To speak and to be heard are its rights. I have a right to speak. I have a right to be heard. I have a right to speak. I have a right to be heard. Seven to twelve years. This is your creative identity. The demon are lies. What lies are you telling yourself? What lies are you telling the world? You may be excessive in Vishuddha if you talk excessively, have an inability to listen, or stutter. You may be deficient in Vishuddha, at Vishuddha, if you have a fear of speaking, poor rhythm, aphasia. And the element is sound. I express. I have a right to speak and to be heard. I listen. I am truthful. I am truth. Rising up to the third eye, Ajna, to perceive, located at the brow, the pineal gland, the center issue is intuition. 
imagination, intuition, imagination, self-reflection, what arises in your mind, in your body, your soul's knowing, your spirit's awakening when I say intuition, imagination. The goals of Ajna are psychic perception, accurate interpretation, imagination, and clear seeing. The right to see. To see clearly. To see. Adolescence. Archetypal identity. The demon is illusion. The element is light. You may be excessive if you have headaches, nightmares, hallucinations, delusions, difficulty concentrating. Ajna may be deficient if you have poor memory, poor vision, are unimaginative, or in denial. Chakra 7 I see clearly. I see. I see. Rising up to the top of the head. Rising up to the crown. Sahasrara. A thousand-fold lotus at the crown of the head. Awareness. As I say this word, notice what happens in the body, in the mind. The remembering of the soul, the freedom of the spirit. Awareness. Self-knowledge. The goals of the crown chakra are wisdom, knowledge, consciousness, and spiritual connection. Wisdom. 
wisdom, knowledge, consciousness, spiritual connection, the right to know. I have a right to know. This is developed throughout life and is our universal identity. The demon is attachment. The element is thought. Excessive characteristics include overly intellectual, spiritual addiction, confusion, or dissociation. Deficient characteristics include learning difficulties, spiritual skepticism, limited beliefs, materialism, and apathy. I am. I am loving awareness. I am. I am. In our final moments together, take a deep breath in. Let it all go. We're going to go root to crown. Breathing in and feeling each one. to bring closure for now. You may want to go back and listen to this again, stop and go and take notes. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Muladhara, a deep red crimson color. Svadhisthana, a beautiful persimmon orange. Manipuda, a golden light. Anahata, a radiant emerald green. Vishuddha, a pure blue light. Vishuddha, a pure light blue. Ajna, 
deep, dark blue. Sahasrara. white, light purple, thousand-petaled lotus at the crown of your head, Sahasrara, light purple, white, thousand-petaled lotus at the crown of your head. Take your time as you come back into your body. Allow yourself to reflect. And perhaps one of these areas are calling for your new moon intention. Your new moon attention. Attention is love. Love is the quality of the attention that we give to something. Bringing the awareness down to Muladhara, taking a deep breath. Imagine a crimson rose color. Exhale. Up to Svadhisthana, a persimmon orange, taking a deep breath in. Exhale. Rising up to Manipura, a golden light, taking a deep breath in and exhale. Rising up to Anahata, an emerald green, taking a deep breath in. Exhale. Rising up to Vishuddha, a pure light blue. Take a deep breath in and exhale. Rising up to Ajna, a deep dark blue. Take a deep breath in and exhale. The crown of the head, Sahasrara, a light purple, brilliant white, thousand-petaled lotus at the crown of the head. Take a deep breath in 
exhale. Imagine there's a large emerald lotus at the center of your chest. Breathing in and out of anahata. And remaining here, the center. When you're ready, you can softly blink your eyes open, but you don't need to bring your awareness back up into your mind, keeping it at the center of your chest, balanced, open, loving, kind, and at peace. And we'll take three final breaths together. Inhale deeply. Sigh of gratitude for yourself. Deep breath in. Gratitude for all the humans that are listening. Deep breath in. Gratitude for life on planet Earth. Mahalo. Namaste. Aloha.